Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Montoya, Gangrel, get out of there. Right on the Hoover now. Welcome everyone to your Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads recover from two rumbles. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean getting ready for one stumble of the year 95 the jokes continue who be we i be fake geordie radio presenter without portfolio former very former cultaholic heavyweight champion tom campbell who's been saying former cultaholic heavyweight champion forgetting the fact that he's actually been co-champion with sam since december what an appalling champion i am i'm not anymore though ross is and i'm here with the bear in the big blue bar cage the head pen of cultaholic the man who is going into the shortest week of the month with the least amount of time for anybody who wants to offer him a pencil because he writes with a pen. He gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry, and he is off of America. How you doing today, Tommy? Mate, I'm good. I am one year older. Another year round the sun continues. This is true. As of yesterday, we're recording this on the Monday. Uh, the day before that was my birthday. I had a lovely lockdown birthday where I ate and drank my body weight in pancakes and beer. So we had a lovely time. So that was my that was my 37th. Uh, are you at this point? Uh, am I older than you or are you still older than me? I've always been older than you. I wasn't sure whether there was like an overlap where we were about the same or where the one caught up or what have you. I mean, we're the same age right now, but I'm two and a half months older than you, so I'm always going to be older than you. Oh, it's not fair. <clears throat> but there's a so this is the closest we'll be then, because in two and a half months' time, it'll be your birthday. No, in in ten and in nine and a half months' time, oh, it'll yeah. be my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> maths. Okay. I'm good at maths. I'm good at maths. Yeah. So that's so basically, it's all been birthdayness over here. How about mm-hmm. you? What's been happening with you, sir? Well, I watched the Royal Rumble last night. Mm. what'd you Along make of with, it did you have a lovely time uh, it was it was i would say above middle of the ground i mostly enjoyed it but, but it was getting a little tedious after a while it's a problem having two rumbles in one night you know it's just it is a bit of a, a physical investment in, into a tv show it is a big ask to have that whole thing twice 
Um, which, but what, what which, I like is that you have the opportunity to do two very different things, which is what I said in graded, which which went out on Monday, which is <laughs> the idea that you can have one rumble which is devoted to getting a new talent over, and then the other talent, the other rumble, you can tell this sort of comeback, the wrestler movie esque story with Edge. And mm-hmm. you've got a bit of bit of something for the the lapsed fan and the consistent fan. Well, I did think it was interesting that statistic that there were only two men in the men's rumble who were under the age of thirty. Oh, really? Jeez. One of them turns thirty later this year. That would be Otis. Oh. And the other was um, the son of one of a fellow entrant. That being Dominic Mysterio. But there's a few people who are sort of still fresh though aren't they i mean riddle is still fresh oh sure i mean there's some some have young character ages mm. but it's um it it very was much of a you know ruthless aggression sort of uh early pg era kind of reunion in a lot of ways yeah yeah i, I can i can appreciate that actually i can i can i can appreciate that being the way that it goes mm-hmm. with that rumble i was going to ask you because you're you're basically the the, the king of stats okay how many times have numbers one and two finished it? Let's see. 95, 99. Of course, I knew there was one I was missing. 99. In terms of being the absolute final two. Yeah. There has to be the only ones, but but I know it came close in 06 when one, two, and 30 were there at the end. Oh, yes. That was Triple H and Ray and Orton. Yes. But there's... It's also been a lot of years where one has made it past 30 at the very least, which is kind of uh, somewhat unrealistic. Mm. Like, I like, I like th- those finishes where it's one and two at the very end after the dust has settled. I do like the ones where it's, and they, and it's only really truly happened in 95 and I guess 99. Which in 99, less, you know, less said about that, the better. <laughs> but go back to what I said about, about physical investments earlier. If only Paul Heyman had made a physical investment in rehearsing the handcuff spot. Oh God, that was that was a that was an awkward moment in an otherwise fine Universal Championship match. It was mostly good, oh. and then it was it, it was it was that turd in the punch bowl finish, a la Rock Austin at seventeen. You're having a great time enjoying this match. It's been a hell of a match, and all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, the fi- the finish was a touch on the flat side, but I I enjoyed the action, I enjoyed the energy, I enjoyed the the passion of both. It kept me <clears throat> my 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 uh, I was my I was suspended in disbelief for a couple of them moments. Even though you kind of thought, well, this is obviously Owens strengthening Roman Reigns, a la mankind to the Rock in '99. But, but I have to... a few moments they got me. Nah. I do have to say though the commentary is um it's, it's still because I don't watch a whole lot of modern WWE, and the, and the commentary is a huge reason why. Which it, it's not the individual's fault. It's <clears throat> it's just the structure and the fact that I don't know if it's just goldfish memories. But when when you have Michael Cole saying when Sami Zayn runs to the Rumble, number three is the worst number to have. <clears throat> Bianca Belair just won the women's match at number three. Just just now at number three. Like, have you forgotten that so quickly? <laughs> and it's a shame because they missed a great opportunity to to do that cross-reference with the Women's Rumble in that and go, hey, well, Bianca Belair just won it in number three. Could it happen with Sammy now? The thing, the commentary thing, and I, and I 
annoyed myself I didn't mention this on graded because for me commentary was a bit of an issue during the rumble because you had these great surprise entrants mm. and they were treated like they were just standard entrants mm. that like nobody really mm. I didn't really feel like anybody popped on commentary mm. and I want the commentators to pop a little bit you know hey look at that Richard Nixon coming out I remember Richard Nixon yeah it was that when the hurricane came out it was just like oh there's a weather warning it's the hurricane like mm. this is this is cool he's not around at all like let's get excited let's get the cat excited for the hurricane did and you see was... the story about how how 2k was there backstage doing um voice servers and scans yeah i had heard that they were there <laughs> which means they're prepping for stuff I think that's what was happening. Was the commentary was, was actually recording for in-game commentary? Oh no! So everything was being kept generic. Oh no! That's what they were doing. <laughs> Through hellfire and brimstone, here comes Kane. <laughs> this Royal Rumble match is great. Through repackaging and apathy, here comes Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's set on repackaging apathy because that's exactly Baron Corbin delivers an excellent. The Deep Six. <laughs> oh, no. That's exactly what it is as well. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, mate. Why aren't we doing that gig? Uh, let's 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 dig into the apathy. 1995. We can't talk about modern wrestling. We're not allowed. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. But back in 1995. And today, Justin Henry is going to talk us through the, uh, the ins, the outs, the shaking all abouts of this week's episode of Monday Night Okie Cokie. But I'm going to give you a little lay of the land before we get there, some stuff from the wrestling world this particular week. Uh, not a massively busy week in the world of wrestling. Uh, a few notable things, though, include uh, Steve Austin and Arn Anderson off to New Japan for a tour. That's going to play a part in some interesting future events. Mm-hmm. Somebody might get injured on that tour, and it may lead to them sitting at home, and then a situation happens, and then, ooh, doggy. Well, so... Uh, weirdly this this tour as steve austin is packing his bags something a series of events a chain of events are going to happen a butterfly is about to metaphorically flap its wings and and we're going to see carnage down the line and and a whole era defined but we'll get to that when we get to that um in wcw hey dallas page is about to get a bit of a push they're planning an angle where he's won 13 million dollars i i remember this from watching it on vhs's because it wasn't his money was it mm, no it's uh it was either an inheritance or a lottery thing i cannot remember which it was a it was a bingo win That's by, right. by kimberly <laughs> oh, yes and uh it's kind of funny actually how do you win 30 million in bingo i don't know but we're playing the wrong we're playing the wrong bingo like, get your dabbers out. We're, we're on the wrong bingo games online. Who's you playing, Lefty Rosenthal? <laughs> Quite possibly. Aces Rothstein. You know, I can't let the county commissioner won't come on and debate me here on WCW Worldwide. Playing Adam Pacitti, I think. <laughs> uh, Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. Uh, apparently, get this, Justin. This surely won't pan out. Surely this won't pan out. Candido and Sitch coming in to WWF as exercise gurus named Skip and Sonny. The gimmick itself is not a bad idea, but how far is he going to go under the name Skip? You, well, you the are putting numbers. a glass ceiling in quite quickly there. Uh, it's uh, Without question, but we know why they were hired. <clears throat> they were hired for one person and it wasn't Skip. 
sadly not skip. You'll be skipping elsewhere at some point. Uh, WWF have had themselves a nice little European tour in oh, we'll between all the tapings. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna touch on the European tour. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want a rundown of one of the cards from 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 Germany? By all means, give you a little a little idea of what they're putting out there. So, um, high gear taking place in uh, München or Munich. Adam Bomb beating Quang in the opening match. 12 minutes. Scorcher. Uh, Henry O. Godwin and Aldo Montoya going 13 minutes on Godwin getting the win. Allied Powers, Luger and the Bulldog uh, winning there. They, they defeat the Million Dollar Corporations, Karma and Tatanka. Also, Brett and Owen have the match of the night. It's a no-holds-barred match in the middle of the You're kidding me. I know, right? Imagine. Imagine. The Undertaker and Bam Bam Bigelow go one on one. I've been intrigued by that. Actually, that's a that's a full fat feud that we never truly got. Uh, so Undertaker beating him. Harkushi beats the one two three kid. And at the top of the show, Diesel, who according to the program printed uh, by the by the German press, is seven foot four. Justin, <laughs> I mean, he's tall. I get that, but I love how they've just gone. Oh, just give him another half a foot. Just for just for a laugh, seven four apparently, and uh, he's teaming up with Razor Ramon. They beat Jeff Jarrett and Sid, who is starting to be billed as Psycho Sid in the programs and such. I wonder if that will stick. It's like an episode of Thunder in the year two thousand. It does feel very Thunder esque, doesn't it? <laughs> but no, they always did well on these German tours. Uh, even Meltzer saying here that uh, uh, the work rate wasn't good. But the guys who were there were just they people just happy to see them. So the shows mm-hmm. did really well. Full houses every night. Let's keep going to Europe, as they say. That's the wrestling world. Let's head over to Justin Henry, who's going to talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Well, you know, I'm glad you saved that little Germany tidbit for the very end of your um, end of the itinerary there, because it should be noted that the last German show I believe took place on Saturday. And they had a considerable flight back, and they've flown all the way from Germany to Omaha, Nebraska for this Raw taping because we have to tape Raw Superstars and Challenge this week. So the roster, as you can imagine, um, they're a little tired. Mm-hmm. Going from Germany to Nebraska is – it's, it's not a day trip. <laughs> any means. Uh, I did type it up, but then I've lost it. Uh, Germany to Nebraska, you're looking at about – you're looking at about 15 hours in the air for that, for flying. Yeah, you, you can imagine they're a little, uh, as you as you have put in, in into my vernacular, a little knackered, <laughs> knackered, and or cream crackered. They mm. would. I mean, I I wouldn't. I'm useless with jet lag anyway. It's. I did uh, when I did breakfast radio for about five years. The the best way to describe it to people is like how it messes you up. It's like. It's like you have permanent jet lag. That's how I, I love doing the show. But for five years, I just felt like I had jet lag. Like by about two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm the Walking Dead, and it's and I I couldn't even imagine just start just wrestling, jumping on a plane and then going all right, fight again on live telly. Off you go. <laughs> mm. I can get that. I remember uh, close to fifteen years ago in that range. I worked an overnight job for two years. Oh. 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And I finally got off that shift at the start of 2007. I remember just trying to readjust my sleep took like two weeks. It, it, it was just, I mean, 
ultimately I'm glad I did. Like, I, I had to do it sooner. Like I was going nuts doing that job. It's but, our, our boy, Bob leader going through the similar thing that you went through uh, those years ago. Um, he's bless him. But he has been doing these evening streams on Twitch mm-hmm. and staying late to watch raw live. Like that's, Bugging his sleeping pattern no end, and it'll take him weeks to get it sorted. Bless our leader. Last time I heard Adam was in the bathroom talking to Greedy. <laughs> <laughs> he normally does that anyway. So Mr. Greedy, you were the Discord mod, weren't you? <laughs> You're the Discord mod, Mr. Pachiti. You've always been the Discord mod. John. I should know, sir. <laughs> Up at cheating, <laughs> all work and no play <laughs> makes Adam not love it. <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> light of my life. <laughs> the bat, Jack. Cut to Jack looking sad. I'm not gonna hurt you. <laughs> I'm just gonna smash your bullocks in. <laughs> <laughs> mm. John, I want you to make that. But I want you to tag Undertaker in it because you didn't do it last week. <laughs> I retake a lad. You'll like this. Dan walks in the office. Is anybody here? Hello. Adam jumps out from, 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 from behind a pillar ah, with the axe. <laughs> Here's Pachiti. <laughs> there he puts his head through. You love it. <laughs> you love it. God bless him. Uh, that'd be amazing. Mm. So it is Monday, April 24th, 1995. As we mentioned before, we are live with a brand new taping from the Civic Auditorium in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, a new taping usually means life, vibrance, vivacity. Not so much here. Not in Nebraska. No, it's a, where corn grows and wrestlers want to sleep. As. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Pesci in the movie Casino was beaten in a Nebraska cornfield, beaten to death with a baseball bat, and he, and he was in better physical condition at the end of that beating than the wrestlers are at this taping. <laughs> he is not in the bestest of ways. <laughs> I made two Casino references in the last seven minutes. I'm, I'm on a roll, mate. You're you winning this week. You can you can chill for the rest of the rest of the show now. You can just right. you can cruise it now. You've hit you've hit your average. Yes, I've flown in from Germany and all, and boy, my arms tired. <laughs> And my internal clock. <laughs> and boy, are my arms tired. So we start with the highlighting of Bam Bam's fall from grace. We see him losing at the Rumble. We see him lose at Mania. He's getting a real title shot despite being a loser. Now, yeah, I this surprises. Like, I, I, I'm not begrudging Bam Bam getting a WWF title match. I am not begrudging Bama. But you have to question how he's got this he has literally fallen upwards he lost a he lost in a tag tournament match to the one two three kid and bob holly he then lost the wrestlemania main event to a non-wrestler and then jack tunney in his in his infinite wisdom has gone number one contender really jack yes i haven't seen you well jack are you okay yes i'm fine well now wait a minute how did ginger do it Jinder actually won a top contenders match. How did he get into the match? Uh, surprise entrant, maybe. <laughs> I blame Necromancy. <laughs> but at least he had. At least he was hoied in a match. That's true. To determine it, I like, see. It, there was a mo- there was you know, and it was just a case of oh, Jinder's in this match as well, so that's fun. What he's won it, 
Oh, was that a mistake? Was that a, was literally the point of him going? Was that an error? Was that meant to happen? Oh well, well, oh, well it'd be fun to see him get a title match. It's a bit different. What he's won the title. What? what why? Why? Why is this thing? Well, it should. <laughs> It should also be noted that at least when Jinder was getting the uh, en route to the shot, we didn't have a whole video highlighting all of his losses. <laughs> that I mean, there is that. There is that. Thing is with Jinder, if you didn't know, like, the, the, the poor in-ring batting average Jinder Mahal has had, and you just looked on face value at, like, the entrance that he made. Like, they at Superstar Spectacle, they had, like, a video promo for showcasing guys like Jinder Mahal. And he looks like a credible champion. In And this is the great thing about editing. He looks like a credible champion. If you just look tunnel vision at the production values around him, you go, that's a guy. Yeah, that's cool. He looks good. I like him. I like him. But uh, no, no, not when you, not when you scratch like a tiny bit beneath the surface. No, it's research ruins everything in wrestling. It really does, actually. <laughs> so, so in with this um, highlight of Bam Bam's uh, fall from grace, we get the debut of Sid in the group. And then Vince asks in the voiceover, why isn't Sid happy to see a fellow corporation member get a, get a title shot? Well, because Sid's facing Diesel in your house for the belt, and he wants to face him for it and not the corporation member. I didn't even Maybe. realize that he was unhappy. I think he, I thought he was just his normal grumpy self. I didn't think I, he was particularly unhappy. Vince is construing a storyline here out of twine and duct tape <laughs> and chewed bubble gum. And there's, but there's just, it's like a story that's like you can get away with not telling. You don't need to labor that one. It's fine. Uh, Vince has to lead the audience because, you know, we're not smart enough to figure this stuff out on our own. That's <laughs> true. We got so him smart enough. No, of course not. So we're deep in the heart of Cornhusker country, as we're told. What's a Cornhusker, Justin? One who husks corn. <laughs> How doth one husk a corn? <laughs> All right, Shakespeare. One does not simply husk a corn. I was just doing a podcast with Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> You wish you were. That'd be a winner. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh loves old episodes of Raw. I've got it on very good authority. He's he's very theatrical, Kenneth Branagh. He is. I love Kenneth Branagh. He's great. Um, well, Corn, Cornhusker is also the nickname of the University of Nebraska. That's their team name. And this is actually a good year to be a Cornhusker because they went on in 1995 to win the College Football National Championship. I thought you were going to say... You're going to say it's a good year to be a corn husker because the weather has been good and the crop is strong. They call the Hulk Farmer's Almanac Review. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Mm. Hey, we're not here this. We're not here next week. We're having a fallow week. Yes, we're here to discuss my favorite band, Corn Husker Do. <laughs> I believe Cornhusker is either a tribute band to Corn or a or a Corn fanzine. Or no, it's Corn plus Husker do. <laughs> it's a super group. Oh my god, it's even better. <laughs> John. John, do what's right. 
<laughs> do the right thing. That's your only instructions, John. John, do what's right. <laughs> yes, put, put corn and husker do together. Make it happen, brother. Make it happen. To form Nebraska's favorite new metal slash punk group. <laughs> A band that approximately two people asked for. Exactly. We read your letter and, <laughs> and we back responded. By, back by moderate demand. <laughs> Back by a demand. <laughs> Back by a polite asker, matter of factly. <laughs> so our opening match here here on this evening is uh it's the smoking guns versus Barry Harvitz and the Brooklyn Brawler. Wow, that is that is a, a heavyweight jobber tag team. That is. Um, that is the jobber mega powers. It is, isn't it? It is like those are those are the jobbers that would those are like your final bosses if you're if you're playing jobber Pokemon. Like those are the final gym champions. Those two are. If there ever a jobber mania pay per view, that would be the my way video with those oh, two. Oh, you think you're special? <laughs> no, I don't Barry actually. That's <laughs> you think you're average? <laughs> you are. <laughs> I could see it as you lay on the canvas. <laughs> Who's losing that though? Depends. Depends who Vince helps. <laughs> whoever whoever wins, we all lose. I'm going to lose this my way. It's my way. <laughs> so we get the a disturbing image of six bare-chested fans in the crowd with WF Raw on their chest and paint. What a lovely bunch of lads. And not a lot of entertainment in Nebraska. It ain't football season yet. That's why Raw's done so well. And he Hall was canceled years ago. <laughs> <laughs> So Billy and Harwoods have a fun opening sequence. And I got to say, we, I, we've watched so many smoking guns matches these last few months. I have to call out the, one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen, which is the double Irish whip stop Russian leg sweep move. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting one. If you're going to do a Russian leg sweep, a, a double one to a guy, just do it. If you're going to send him the ribs and do a move, do something else. It's, it's a very Rube Goldbergian way to do the uh, tandem Russian leg sweep to a guy. Stop him, grab his arms, and then do it. There's too much of a pregnant pause there for it to, to, to be cool in any way. It slowed it down a bit, didn't it? it could, if, with with a bit of rhythm behind it, you could have had a decent move there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's awkward AF. Awkward Andy so, Fetch. <laughs> true. <laughs> So Vince and Lawler are, are discussing uh, the King's Challenge of Bret Hart for the first in your house because that's more important in this match. Kind yeah, this is, why, why, why is Jerry Lawler calling out Bret again? Is Bret stuck in some sort of time loop? Well, we're going to finally finish off the storyline because we didn't get to do it two years oh, ago. Just let it just die on the vine. It's it's all it's okay. We don't well, know. Well, 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 Tom, this is going to lead to someone's debut eventually. A very important debut. Oh, yes. So this is all for a good cause. Still, though. <laughs> it's just like... So, hang on, so even when it does end, it doesn't quite end. <laughs> no, it's... Um, it keeps spawning things. You must be livid if you're Brett. Because it's yes. just like... 
I, I really want to work with some young guys. and Because he did want to, he did have that passion to work with younger talent and bring them up. So who am I feeling with in his quarter? Jerry Lawler again. Well, <laughs> I mean, Hakushi's a part of it, but I get to work with him. The more with Hakushi, the better. And then actually yeah. he, gets, he, gets, he gets the pirate, then he gets Pierre, he gets Pierre Lafitte. That's okay. There is in some, between, there's somebody else. There's some blue shoots. There is just somebody else in the middle. So... So, as this match continues, and they're working Brawler's arm, and just working his arm, quick tags, working the arm, and all of a sudden, neckbreaker sidewinder finishes. Just that came right out of nowhere. No build to the finish at all. <laughs> that was a weird one. That felt like they just got a bit lost in the match somewhere, and just went, "Oh, we'll just we'll just take it over here." Okay, that match was like two minutes. Like, mm. Oh, all right. Something yeah. about the guns facing Owen and Yoko at the first in your house. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they talked about that, which is I think sort of the, that's really the best, the best kind of tag match you can have right now, isn't it? That's what like, you have. You've got, you've got one, two, three, kid and Bob Ollie. Okay. You've got Allied Powers. Now there, there was mention of on the European tour of Harkushi and Quang being a thing. Uh, that's not going to last. Okay. Um, Allied, pa- Allied Powers is... A, I mean, actually, surely Allied Powers is a sensible one. Uh, I think they're building them for a future match. Okay. <laughs> they're just getting the guns out of the way for now. Yeah, fair enough. So guns are sort of like the, the warm-up guys for the Allied Powers. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll pad out perfectly. You got a backstage promo from, with Bambi and Bigelow and Teddy DiBiase, and holy Christ, this Bigelow have quite a shiner on them. I couldn't find anything about this shiner. I assume it was just it was he got a potato in a match against the Undertaker. Whilst I'm going to assume, or he, or he fell at the airport, one or the other. Possibly, it, it looked it looked quite fresh. Oh yeah, it, it was ripe. It was nice and purple. Yeah, like it must have happened just like less than a day before. Maybe the dye in Taker's gloves came off when he smacked him in the face, and 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 it just. It's not like indelible in the skin. Yeah, it's it just bleeding purple now from the Undertaker. It's, it's like a jelly sandwich that's just gone rogue. <laughs> they do acknowledge the black eye though, which I think they, yes. I think they, I think you had to. It's that. Yeah, bad. How can you not? Yeah, it's that bad. You have to. Bigelow is basically, you know, confident about it, about his chance in late versus Diesel, and then. Vince all of a sudden starts talking about Jeremy and goes, maybe he's Axel Schultz. I didn't get this. I didn't get it either. So, okay. Uh, Axel Schultz. Where's he the guy with the giant wheels on Twisted Metal? That'd be quite a reference for Vince. But Axel Schultz was a boxer. And uh, he famously always got big old black eyes. So that's the reference there. He He was a boxer in the 90s. Gotcha. And most pictures you see of Axel Schultz when you do a Google image search, like his eyes look swollen and battered. <laughs> maybe, he bad, maybe he had bad allergies. <laughs> that was the twist. He just <laughs> he just had an issue with pollen. No, see, he's allergic to the boxing gloves. That was his problem. Come <laughs> on, he started swelling up. I don't think this is ideal. Cut me, Mick. <laughs> just, be, just bite my ear, get it done. Yeah, he, uh, he got uh, he got battered around by Klitschko, battered by Foreman. Took lots of black eyes in the process. 
about Klitschko and Foreman. Wow, is that, that spans the years, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, he's had a <laughs> heck of a run as old uh, as old Axel Schultz. <laughs> we get the counter promo from Diesel. Where, where, oh, good old boy Kevin Nash feels pretty darn good about his chances. God, this promo just <laughs> pointless. <laughs> pointless. I'm going to give it 110%. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. I'm going to make America proud. He was, he was, he was unironically Ben Pottering this <laughs> very moment by giving us the, oh, yeah, here we go, wrestling time. I've watched a wrestling match before, and I've been in a wrestling match, so I'm going to give this everything I've got. <laughs> Proper Ben Potter in. And I say it with the absolute love of Ben Potter. Every time he drops a sports time reference in Triple Jump, it makes me smile. But that was Diesel's promo here. It was just sort of schmaltzy. Well, I'm going to give it my all. Go. God, Kev. The only question Vince should ask is, so, Kevin, what did I tell you to say? Yeah. Hey, Kev, can you read that piece of paper I gave you? <laughs> exactly. This, this is... is bad. Imagine Kevin Nash off the cuff, off the chain in this era. Would have been something else. Mm-hmm. Would have been a lot more entertaining. Oh, my God. It would have been stunning. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to put this out there right now. See if our listeners would concur on this. I know we take a while on these podcasts, about an hour for a Raw episode. If we could streamline the process, could we throw a Nitro next year Ooh. And, and do a joint show? That's really good thinking. Because I want, I, I want to compare and contrast what's going on in the two worlds, especially when we get to Kevin Nash uh, on the other channel. I wondered, uh, yeah, I have pondered whether or not we do, we do an app, we do a 90 minutes of Raw and Nitro going forward, or whether we just do an extra one. The Call Hog Monday Night War review. That's pretty much what we call it, isn't it? Mm. We could actually, yeah, actually, we're doing some live admin on the show. This is exciting. Um, we could even just rebrand the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The problem is, in three years, when we have three hour nitros and two hour rolls. Oh, well, we can. That's a problem for future Justin and future Tom. <laughs> and, and future <laughs> Patreon viewers who want to part with a. Uh... <laughs> Make it worth our while. <laughs> I, I wonder whether we just keep calling it the, the classic Raw review just for consistency. Because because think about it, like in if, if all goes well and we're still doing this this nonsense in about seven or eight years, it'll just be back to being the Raw review. That's true. So I wonder whether we keep it the Raw review for consistency, but we double up and we do Nitro as well. We chuck Nitro in there. A lot to talk about in the future. Yeah, it's exciting. Cause, cause- exciting. Part of it is just, is just born from seeing Nash struggle with these promos and wanting to see the real Nash. Yeah, and I, and I think we I think we'll have to go deeper into it. I think mm-hmm. I, I, I considered doing something like that with the the SmackDown review with with Matthew, but then like it's like the tail end of Thunder, and like if something fun happens on Thunder, we'll talk about it, and then it moves to Wednesday. And Tom, nothing ha- Tom, nothing fun happens on Thunder, <laughs> and everyone has an awful time on Thunder. So. Thunder's where Thunder's where a good time goes to die. <laughs> so, so I thought we'll miss Thunder. We'll we'll let that we'll let that slide. Carnivals have fun houses. That was the that was the not fun whatsoever house. <laughs> <laughs> Love that fun housing. But yeah, I think um Roaring uh, I think Roaring Nitro will be a way to go, but we'll talk about it close to the time. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So let's keep prodding deeper into '95 with Bertha Fay versus La Pantera Serena. Oh no! Now. In earlier appearances of Bertha Faye, she wasn't really named yet. Mm. She, she was still nominally Monster Ripper, which was just, and I and I say this as a compliment, a beastly woman who destroyed a lunger blaze. Just wild mane of hair, leather jumpsuit, face paint around her eyes, just a monster character. Came out and decimated the lunger, basically, essentially the new Bull Nakano. Just the, the new monster roadblock for the babyface to overcome. And Bertha took a lingerie out because, because lingerie needs actual, or she's having either cosmetic surgery or she's having a legitimate procedure for, for other reasons. So Bertha's going to go on a tear for a bit, waiting for uh, a lingerie to get back so she can challenge for that title. Now, I mentioned her aesthetic before tonight the jumpsuit, the face paint, just the. Basically, a, a female Vader in, in, in some senses. Yeah, and I liked it. I thought, that's cool. She looks like a killer. I'm down for that being a thing. Well, they, they've retooled a few things for this show. And I, I used the word tool appropriately because it was a tool who came up with us. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> see, Bertha Faye is now a trailer trash character. Wearing this sort of like that sort of one piece swimsuit that has like the um, hem skirt at the bottom of it. I, 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 I was like, what, what the term would be for that? She got that. She got nylons on her legs. She has her hair teased up a certain way. She's wearing garish looking sunglasses when she comes out. She's, she's supposed to be oblivious to how bad she looks. Mm. That, that that's sort of the idea here. She has she has she has Harvey with her now. And Harvey's apparently smitten because she's he thinks she's beautiful, but obviously everyone else thinks he's an idiot for thinking she's beautiful. So there's a whole lot here that hasn't aged well. No, it, it hasn't at all. Um, Bertha Faye, you will be surprised to hear, hated mm-hmm. this. You're this kidding was, me. I know, right? So Bertha Faye, Rhonda Singh, came into the company with the mindset of being somebody that would tear through the women's division and feud with the Lundra Blaze. And mm-hmm. it was after her debut, the decision was made by Vince and Al, et al to go, 
no, we need to give you something different. We we're not we're not buying this monstrous character, the one that got you over and brought you here. Um, no, we've decided. No, we want you to be like a fun, happy, giggly girl in bright colours, um, and also all those big power moves that you do. Can you not do them? Because we want you just to play like a giddy girl, and it's funny because you're big. And mm -hmm. Rhonda Singh hated this, and we all did. It was well, such a waste. There was no upside to it. No, like e even if you are casting her in this in, in in the role of being, you know, this, you know, a aloof sort of trailer park princess here. Um, she's your only heel in the women's division. So it's not like there's a tier system here where you have the monster character on top and then you have the technician underneath and then you have the comedy character. The comedy character is your top heel. So that's a problem. Like, like it, if you had two more talent, like, and I, I'm not defending the gimmick outright, but I'm saying if you had two other heel women that were more talented than Ronda Singh filling those top two spots, and you want and anyone it's like okay okay you're 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 third in the cast system here so you're so you're the comic relief that'd be one thing i'm sure i'm sure ronda Singh still would have hated it and she probably had a right to hate it but speaking from, from the perspective of if this division is supposed to be important and why is alundra's top rival for the title and her only rival a joke it's ridiculous it is so Lola calls calls Harvey the Tom Arnold of the WWF, which is semi funny. It's that's as good as it gets. That's as, that's as, that's. As, well, actually, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you there was one saving grace with this before the Tom Arnold comment. One saving grace, and I always I we know what Bertha's Bertha Faye's music becomes, and it's uh, that kind of sort of country bumpkin old Bertha. Bang, 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 bang. Yes. Uh huh. It's awful. This, the music she had tonight on this episode of Raw, not as bad. Like palatable. It was like generic glam rock. Yeah, and I, I actually liked it. Nah, I liked I, it. It's my first time ever hearing that song. I don't. I, don't, I, have, I have, have no recall of it at all. And I'm like, what is this? Is this a dub theme? It, it, well, it was maybe Bertha's theme. What theme was? Um, <laughs> copyright to Harvey Whippleman. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Nobody was claiming that, surely. Yes, Harvey. Harvey's like Lars Ulrich. He's going to shut down <laughs> Napster for, for putting his music up. So, Say does the uh, usual power offense, although not really, um, like, not Cracker Jack stuff here, but just, you know, throw Serena around. I, I know nothing of, of Pantera Serena, by the way. Yeah, I mean, interesting-looking character. Yeah, she looks like a veteran of the business. No, again, somebody that there's not a whole. I mean, the the the, the wiki for her uh, lists her as a former EMML, CMML, uh, UWA, a All Japan champion. Where she's gone, she's gone well there. Uh, competed in a lot of uh, hair versus hair matches. A lot mm -hmm. of hair versus hair matches. Well, she's been. When I say she was a veteran, when I say she was a veteran, I wasn't kidding because I. I, I I just went on cage match. She's apparently now 65 years old. Yeah. She's, she's, uh, she made her debut in 1969. That, and that was an era. How, how old would Monster Ripper have been at that point? 
At, th- at this point, she would have been mid thirties, mm. thirty four maybe. So, Serena here's a, a, about forty. Formerly so known as La Galactica, Lady that's a cool name. La Galactica two thousand, which as we know is even better, and mm. Lady Metal. I'm all for Lady Metal. Mm. Little, little Lita Ford. <laughs> little L seven. Dixie oh, Chicks. Oh, uh, <laughs> They're well metal, mate. <laughs> so during this match, while Bertha Faye's trying to bust out some power offense in, in, in order to try and make the most of this, Vince keeps asking, the, now, did Howard say her weight before the match? What was her weight? Like, oh, she's 230? She's like, they keep saying, she's 230, she's 230. It's like holding up somebody's embarrassing uh, like, like undergarments. They're like, look what we found. That's like just trying, trying to humiliate somebody. It's, it's it's low common denominator. It ages really badly, mm, and, yes. and it's just, it's a waste of of Ronda Singh. You know, if you're trying to build a mm. women's division, you get someone like Ronda Singh in, and you do this. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's like we get it. She's a heavyweight. It's funny because she's fat. La 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 la. It's not funny. It's mm. re- it's it it's ages incredibly badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, although. I did get a laugh when Lola called Harvey Bruno by accident. <laughs> That's his real name, isn't it? Yeah, Bruno Lauer. I had to look that up. I thought well, it was a reference to something. Then I realized, oh, no, Bruno Lauer's his real name. There's a pretty bad botch here where I think Serena went for a diving cross body and somehow came down to the weird angle, and they just kind of clunked to the canvas. It's- Even Vince acknowledged it and went, oh, that didn't go as planned. Like, wait, no, don't don't point it out. Like, make a reason, like, reason it. Find a reason to uh, to do it. Bertha tried to counter it. Yeah, that's all you say. They tried to counter it. Done. Anytime a move goes wrong, they tried to counter it. Done. It's right after that that Vince starts working in the Duckman plug because he's lost faith already. (laughs) <laughs> this match slows down it's a four minute it should be a squash with Bertha just destroying uh, this person probably never see again on, on Monday Night Raw should have mowed through her but at least the finish was cromulent with the sit down power bomb the military press and then a falling splash to finish so Bertha's doing the best of what she has to work with here but it's um, it's going to be a long road to hoe it really. I'll read. I want to read a quote from Bertha, which may be a bit sad. Um, mm-hmm. About this time, she didn't like it, as we've said. Um, in an interview um, that she did with Slam Wrestling, she said, "It's it stripped my identity." Talking about the gimmick, you're going to the ring, skipping and blowing kisses, looking goofy. You just went to the bank and cashed your check. You felt like you were pimping yourself out. You were like a prostitute for Vince. The guys were doing it too. So you know what people will do for money. Like, that's just... Uh, it's just a shame. She's been there like 10 minutes and already it's just, oh, whatever. Just do that. I want to sound preachy here, but remember when AEW first debuted and there were all these stories of wrestlers asking for the for the, for their releases from WWE? Revival, Sasha, and Moxley giving notice. I think there might be a little something to that. Maybe, sir. Maybe. We get the in-your-house report from Todd. Who has the balls to call Diesel versus Sid the biggest WF title matchup in years? <laughs> I mean, it is in terms of height. Sure. Sure, because Diesel is 7'4", depending on what country he's in. 
Yeah, he, he grows. It's something to do with the uh, the water in Germany. <laughs> the metric system's all weird over there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> See, apparently they're reinforcing the ring for this match. They're not heavy, they're tall. Odd. <laughs> oh, Todd. This isn't Yokos Universe as a junior high school football team. This, this is two... Is two tall, mostly thin wrestlers. Obviously, I mean, I mean, Diesel is a little bulky, but still. If it's t- they're tall, they should reinforce the roof. Exactly. Diesel bumps his head on the on one of the low beams. Ow. Hey, they're they're going to bump their head on the beams. They're that tall. Like, if, if two people are that tall, you should probably get the medical guidance. Because that's not healthy. He tries to run the roofs. He turns around. And he, he gets straped by the uh, Iker Pro banner. Uh, flailing around. <laughs> this is a terrible match. <laughs> this well, was a bad idea. And then Todd calls Diesel a nickname that I've never heard anyone call Diesel before or since. <laughs> he refers to him as his coolness. Ah, ah, his coolness. Oh, they were ah. trying. <laughs> They were trying. They desperately. Oh my! That's a Vince line. That's a Vince line. Call him his coolness. <laughs> Be excellent to each other. Like it was, it was of the time. You know, I kind of get why you try it. It sounds awful. <laughs> well, Michael Jordan was his airness. So that's what it's lending itself to. But the problem is Jordan could sell out Chicago. <laughs> Rather than just sell out <laughs> in Chicago. Mm. Oh. So the card the card keeps flushing out here. We have Razor and Kid versus Jarrett and Rhodey. A lot of DX, a lot of NWO in this match. Mm. A lot of click. We get the legendary Bret Hart. Uh-oh. Oh, no. One of the all-time greats. Oh, no. It's like... It's like, why are there vultures circling above my head? <laughs> I don't know what that means. They better not eat me. <laughs> oh, we miss you, Savage. Yeah, so Bret Hart is taking on Hakushi. Meanwhile, Bret knows nothing of some open contract that Lawler is claiming. He Plus, should watch Raw. He should watch Raw and you'll know all about it. Who? No one's watching Raw 95. Fair point, my mate. <laughs> I, just, I just put it on because Duckman's on in a minute. <laughs> He's the best doctor is, the best doctor was. <laughs> hey, Doc Man, I'll punch you in the teeth. Like, sure. <laughs> and then with tears on his bill, he told me <laughs> that I drew the best cartoons he'd ever seen. <laughs> Plus, you know, there's a house on the line. <laughs> oh, yes, with a house. Uh, this is a. Uh... Are you excited for the first in your house, Tom? I am giddy. For the first day in your house, it's I've never seen it. I have I'm aware of it. I know it's a bit trash, but it's kind of designed to be because they kind of set it up as this is a smaller pay per view, so it's cheaper. So there's less big names, and hey, we're cool. Like <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for us to watch it in your house. <laughs> I'm okay with the concept, especially in hindsight, because I realize it's like half Saturday Night's main event, mm-hmm. half pay-per-view. So it's like, 
not bad for a middling concept. I, like, I'd actually prefer this to like the, the, the just 12 months of three hour shows or three plus hour shows. Yeah. I mean, they, WWE have got much better over the past 12 months, especially at those pay-per-view run times. Like those six hour shows seem to be all but done. WrestleMania is going to be two days again this year because um, they know it's going to go long. We had the Royal Rumble on, on Sunday night, just gone. And even that with two rumbles, that only clocked in in about three hours. So they Sweet. kept it tight and bright. It's like three and a half, 345, wasn't it? It, it was. But I'm was sure, long. I'm sure the one before that, or maybe the one before that, was around five and a half hours. Felt that way, at least. I seem to remember they really, they deeply packed it. And this year they've just gone, we'll just do a couple of matches and then two big rumbles, I'll do. So then we get a promo from Big Scary Sid, film from underneath, so we can see his uh, booger composition in his nostrils. It's as if um, as if you're a dentist and, and you're examining Sid <laughs> based on vantage point. He they affirms love he, shooting from underneath, don't they? Because it's that whole thing where they want you to go, "Whoa, I need tall." Yeah, you're looking up at the giant. Look how tall he is! Oh, he's so tall. Buy the tickets. Because he's tall. <laughs> Come to this show. Why? Because he's tall. Says Mags, he can't play softball while he's at this arena. <laughs> why, did, why did I sign through the spring? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's very close up. He affirms that he will be champion and that he has friends in low places. Because he's tall. What he's telling you is, is, is that he... He's the king of the ants. <laughs> John. <laughs> John. Pied Piper of ants. <laughs> I would like Sid as the Pied Piper of ants slash the leader of ants. <laughs> or if we or do Willard with ants and Sid. Yes, please. Please <laughs> that, John. And tag Sid on the in it. Sid and his army of ants. <laughs> <laughs> There, we made Sid more interesting, if that was even possible. <laughs> so then we come to the WWF title match. Diesel versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Here we go. Here we go. Tom, you've been, have you ever been to a house show before? I have. Do you recall any house show matches ever exerting a lot of energy? I don't think I've ever seen a house show match get out of third gear. And I'm very aware that I've paid good money to go to the Newcastle Arena, which was headlined by the one time I went was Roman Reigns versus uh, Bray Wyatt. And yeah, barely out of third gear. And then about six months later, they had a thing where, and it was quite a cool, it was quite a cool uh, opportunity. And I don't know if anybody in the Northeast England remembers this. The main event of this house show was going to be Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for the title. I was like, whoa, cool. And then a week before it, Seth Rollins got hurt and he was out and he was done. So the decision was made to change the match at the last minute. And it was Dean Ambrose versus Triple H. It's like, what? Triple H's private jet landed at Newcastle Airport on the day. What? Oh my God, it's amazing. Three-star match at best. Maybe two. 
expected, even with all that pomp and or circumstance. They just went through the motions. So going through the motions, now you factor on top of that, Tom, have you ever experienced jet lag before? <laughs> yes, certainly. Yeah. I think Triple H was in Newcastle that time. Um, yes, I have. And it is, for those who haven't experienced jet lag, I think Justin will probably attest to this. It is like, like your, your brain has been chewed like it's bubblegum and you're wading about waist a waist deep in treacle is what it feels like when you move. <laughs> like, that's how I, and that's how I feel sometimes with jet lag. And I know if I've not slept well, it's similar. It's a similar sensation where you just have to go, all right, I have to, I have to stop and go to sleep because I'm useless to everybody now. So, so how show plus jet lag. How was Bam Bam Bigelow versus Diesel, Justin? <laughs> well, let's take us through the whole thing here. <laughs> and, 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 and and describe this what appeared to be a 20 minute match Is that all? This, had, this had to be a rib <laughs> we start with Vince calling Diesel the most awesome WF champion in history alright slow down <laughs> um, not sure how to take that other than it's hyperbole and they're trying <laughs> we start with Diesel, with Diesel doing a mat wrestling takedown, which I, I was not expecting. Yeah, that was a surprise. I think he wanted to have a little lie down. Just wanted an excuse to, to get on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so just or he, or he just so delirious, or he's so delirious that he thinks Bigelow is like stealing his bag or something. <laughs> get off! Yeah, get back here! Uh, oh wait, this isn't the YMCA. <laughs> so Diesel dominates the opening flurry here. It's a couple of nice stinger splashes, I will say. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of decent, half decent bits in here, but this is just a slow plodding affair. Well, it was it was okay to this point, and then we get a moment that I have literally never seen in a wrestling match, and I don't know how this happened, but you know the move where Diesel has an opponent cornered, and he takes his long stork like limb and puts his foot right in the guy's chin and pushes back. Stacy keyboard do it years later for a different reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one. But you know the spot. Diesel does this and somehow misses Bigelow's face and struggles for seven seconds to get it in place. <laughs> He's got jet lag, damn it. This is the wrestling equivalent of when you're too tired to eat, so someone puts food in your mouth and manually moves your head to make you chew. <laughs> That's the voice of experience talking, Justin, I assume. There was a Jeff Foxworthy line that I will never forget, which is, if you've ever been too drunk to fish, you might be a redneck. <laughs> These two men may have been too jet-lagged to fish. <laughs> I mean, I'd have preferred just watching them fish. <laughs> That'd be far more entertaining. Live fishing contest for the WWF Championship. So... We get a second boot choke spot a little while later. This one goes better. <laughs> he we... lands the foot this time. Can't get yeah. much worse. <laughs> so Bigelow's getting almost no offense early on. DiBiase's brow beating him from ringside. Bigelow finally takes over a little bit. We come back from break. Diesel's escaping a chin lock. Keep in mind, we're about eight minutes into the match. We've already done the chin lock. Diesel's gotten out of it. Now, now this should be, you know, the home stretch. 
no, 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 no. There's a long way to go here. We get a house show steeple, which is two big men fighting over a, supl- a vertical suplex. This goes on for a bit. That, that followed the double down. That should have set up the finish. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Keep going. <laughs> we get another chin lock. Could have been a Heimlich maneuver. I don't know. Well, while all this is not going on, Tatanka comes to the ringside. <laughs> Tatanka just got bored. They they said they say it's a sellout. Uh, they said a sellout at the curtain. Well, it was um, it was it was it was cheap seats at the curtain. So they thought you'd just come and see it up front, just to make sure. I think he was worried. I think apparently Tatanka was watching it on the screen, and it was going so slow. They thought the TV was broke, so they thought let's just send Tatanka out just to make sure they're all right. <laughs> he was going so slow that I thought. That- it was the moving in stereo scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. John, don't Photoshop that. Don't ruin that scene for me. John! <laughs> Leave Phoebe Cates alone. Send it to the Undertaker. So Tatanka comes out and, uh, you know, I, I got to say, if OSW Review has done this show in, that, in any form, would they be happy to see Tatanka here or, or even angrier? I think he'd just go, Tatanka! Buffalo! <laughs> and they just carry on. <laughs> carry on talking about Big Bomb Begalow. So we get another commercial. Another commercial during this match. I can't believe they couldn't sell advertising in 95. That's amazing. <laughs> like somebody wanted this spot. Somebody desperately wanted this spot. They wanted to be on during the title match. <laughs> it's like, it's like our prime sponsor is a PSA for Vertigo. <laughs> so, prime so, sponsor so is all. <laughs> we come back. Jesus is making another comeback. <laughs> he's made more as, as a way. More, as a way, he's made more comebacks than share. <laughs> I wish I could turn back time. <laughs> I wish I could turn it forward. Get through this match. <laughs> God, it's just a dirge. This is something special in the wrong sense of the word. So it's. it's so Bigelow gets Irish ripping in the ropes off a reversal. Tatanka trips him. Doesn't seem to, doesn't seem too upset about it. It says something where Tatanka comes out to liven it up. <laughs> that's that's a worry, isn't it? When you hope to, to pick up the pace is Tatanka. <laughs> oh God, like, we're losing him. Tatanka, get out of there. It's, it's like 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 oh this party's dying. Someone bring out the Gordon Lightfoot music. <laughs> <laughs> Stick snow patrol on quick. <laughs> oh no. It was falsely turn on the Enya. <laughs> I don't get this party banging. Orinoco flow. Hit it, Enya. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is this is so bad. Oh lads. Never wrestle tired. The so Bigelow falls down on, on the whip, gets big booted. Then Diesel goes for the jackknife, in theory. He, he accidentally hit the Batista bomb because Bigelow's a big man. And, admittedly, he's tired. He's just <laughs> on the big boot and been done with it. I quite liked like the fact that the, he, he came off his feet for the jackknife. I think it made Bigelow look weirdly deadly because well, it's like, wasn't... I have to leave. Like, he's so big, it's taken every fiber of my being to get him up for this jackknife, and I've had to fall down with him in the process. Well, I'd be inclined to agree with you, but he didn't mean to fall down. 
I know it wasn't planned. I could, you could tell, <laughs> you could tell it wasn't planned. But I think that was kind of a happy accident, to quote Bob yeah. Ross. It, it didn't ruin it. It didn't ruin it. But that's your finish, and God, thank God that match is over because I was, <laughs> I was right there with him in terms of sprawling over my office chair here and just. It was. I seem to remember at that point, I had to, because sometimes I watch these in the morning when I'm getting in, getting sort of getting set up for work. Sometimes I'll watch them after I've done all this stuff in the morning and uh, and I'll watch them after, like today. So I watched this today, a day of record, I watched this today. And it was after I'd stayed up through the night to watch the Rumble, did the news video, did Royal Rumble graded and thought, okay, well, I've got a, got a nice block of time now. I'm going to, I'm going to go and watch this. I'm going to come away from my desk. I'm going to go watch this in the living room. Me and Pablo, place to ourselves today. I'm just going to watch this in the living room, make some notes. I rewound this match five times because I kept falling asleep. <laughs> and I had to go, I, I either, either was falling asleep, started lucid dreaming, or I was distracted by something on my phone. And I had to go, oh, God damn it, come on. Back, 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 right. Where are we? Oh, damn, right. Back, back. God, this is awful. The commitment to, to this show. I could have just skipped it, but no. I was watching this during dinner on Saturday. Oh. I kept hitting pause because it was taking the edge off my pasta. <laughs> just making... You were making, making you question your life choices. Pretty much, I, I, I was enjoying my my Asiago Tortelloni because I'm <laughs> very was, fancy. He was very good in The Sopranos. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's Olive Garden. I swear I'm not snooty. Um, <laughs> she was very good in The Sopranos. <laughs> Wasn't that Popeye's girlfriend? <laughs> no, that's Olive Oil, but Olive Garden. <laughs> God, uh, yes. Not all oil, not all olives are the same. Let's get back on track here. We're getting as punchy as ever oh, on the show. Rewind, so rewind, rewind, rewind. <laughs> so post-match, because we have to have an angle here. DiBiase berates Bigelow. Then he fires him, then he smacks him across the face. Big Tanaka tries to attack Bigelow, drops him with clotheslines. And then he goes for DiBiase, who's now very apologetic. Bigelow says, I'm not fired, I quit. So then he's about, about to grab DiBiase when IRS attacks. Then Sid hits the ring. It's several running big boots. And then, if you thought Diesel hit a bad power bomb. <laughs> oh, my God. This, right. I think this is why I'm nice to Diesel's power bomb. Because Diesel's power bomb, whilst it looked ropey, it didn't nearly kill the guy. I understand that Bam is 360 pounds. So maybe but that's not a shock to anyone. That's not like Sid sets him up and goes, oh, he's a bit heftier than I thought. You know he's big. <laughs> it's not just... a shock. <laughs> Could we maybe just choke slam him and rely on him to, to do his jump and fall? Yeah. <laughs> Powerbomb involves a bit of a turn that's uh, that's not going to always going to be ideal for a heavier wrestler. He got away with it once. Don't risk it twice. Sid gave him the Ganso bomb. <laughs> oh, Christ. This was an all Japan audition with this it, power bomb. It felt very all Japan because he landed full fat on his neck. Jesus, Bammers. That's not like Bam's a big lad. 
Sid's a strong boy, but this wasn't the night for either party. Kabashi and Kawada were watching the match going, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Kawada went, when Kawada's telling you to ease up, yes. <laughs> you know you're doing something wrong. Diesel hits the ring to make the save. Because that's what Diesel does when Sid power bombs you. Diesel makes the save. <laughs> is it like is, next- it, is it like when you play the ocarina in Legend of Zelda that like something happens? <laughs> so when someone hits a power bomb, it kind of aw- it awakens Kevin Nash. <laughs> Sid's power bomb is like the bat signal. <laughs> <laughs> He's stealing your finish. Oh, I, I, I'm a head out. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kevin Nash turns into Bland Diesel. <laughs> mild-mannered kevin nash just wants to be entertaining but he can't do that in this company <laughs> he has restrictions <laughs> speaking of sid next week he faces a lighter opponent in razor ramon should there be a powerbomb in that match hopefully it goes better fingers crossed oh gosh i it don't, i don't i don't know the answer to this i'm assuming it doesn't go better well, I don't know if he power bombs Razor. I guess we're going to see. Oh, no. Oh, no. Aldo Montoya versus the Black Phantom. Now, this baffled me. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Because, again, because I'm a bit sleepy while I'm watching this, I've gone, all right, cool. Hot angle at the end. Bigelow got a lovely pop. Bigelow got a lovely reaction when he turned face. Didn't mm-hmm. acknowledge that enough. Feel like we should. Bigger got a good reaction to his face. Sure. You get why maybe they might think there's something there. And I'm like, okay. And I start getting up off the sofa. Like, okay, right. I'll uh, I'll go and I'll go and pop to the loo and I'll just run around with the Hoover. And then we're back with Aldo. But what? We're not done. Like, what more can you do? Why are we having more wrestling? That felt like the end of Raw. And it's oh, like, is- no, apparently not. It, it, it's time for Just Incredible versus Gangrel. Obviously, because that's where you go next. And the crowd were like, if if Nebraska were buggered before, nothing here, nothing. They're done. They're done for the night. They're they're zoned out now. Even deferring to the role formula of putting on a, a a nothing match at the end just to pad or whatever, like this is you just did a hot angle where someone turned face and was beaten down by the heel faction, and the champ made the save, and now you're throwing this in. It was just, it just because you, because as bad as the match was, mm-hmm. the angle had some momentum at the end, had some energy mm-hmm. at the end. Oh, yeah. You know? So I'm not against them ending it with that. But no, sure. Montoya, Gangrel, get out of there. And not just out of Montoya, but out of Montoya with Cesar Terwilliger's hair. <laughs> he had a lovely haircut here. Yeah. Like small dreads. <laughs> I've written in my notes for this damp squib. <laughs> I was thinking Cecil. Screw, screw, screw his brother and blow up the dam. Could do a Bob Good and kill Bart Simpson. <laughs> all, all I read about this is a couple cool moves. Fan gets a cool looking DDT that sadly doesn't finish. Um, Springboard crossbody counter from Montoya at one point, and then we get the reverse springboard bulldog that that is his finish. Meh. Yeah. Meh, that's it. Just meh. 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 It was there. That is. This is like this episode of Raw. Like Bam Bam and Diesel felt like you sat in a presentation, and and the and you just and it's a boring presentation, and then just as the finish is happening. 
somebody's flashed up the slide that says any questions. So you're kind of mentally going, all right, okay, well done team, we got through. And then that Aldo Black Phantom is somebody clicking going, right, part three. Like, mm. whoa, no, no, you, you said any questions. That means, that means it's finished. Stop giving me stuff to do. This is like the uh, mid-credits additional movie scene. But instead, <laughs> but instead of being funny exposition, it's just an explanation of, of, of like how soda is made. <laughs> so after, after, after that, we come to the real main event of the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. What, what the, all right, we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> So we have a what what almost barely constitutes a vignette featuring the debut of the man who is for all intents and purposes the, the second most powerful man in professional wrestling as we speak, at least in this company. Paul Levesque himself, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Ah, oh, now this look cool. Sitting in his splendiferous manner, dressed very dressed to the elevens. He looks at the camera, says nothing, and looks away. And that's it. But he's mic'd he, up. He sure is. What happened here? Well, no. This is going to go on for a little bit. Basically, he's just, he can't be bothered to talk to the commoners. Right. Okay. So like, like, I'm like, I wouldn't dare give you a moment of my time. You're not worthy. Right. That's where we're going with this for a little bit. Because there is one later. Was, I thought it was a technical flub. Because there is one later where he does almost the same thing where he looks at the camera and goes, Oh, it's you. And then looks away again. And that's, and that's the whole vignette. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So, so basically, he he's orange ish Cassidy. <laughs> he's Clementine Cassidy. <laughs> oh, my darling. <laughs> hey. So the game is coming. Wow. A big moment. That's like, here's the guy that is, as you say, going to become one of the most powerful men in the entire sport. And right now, it's him and a man who is in junior high school in Champaign, Illinois at this point in time are the, are the two most powerful young executives in wrestling. Wow. What a time. What a time. Indeedy. But the reason I thought this was a flub is because of the next segment, which seems just to to waffle on. And oh, this one was like three like, minutes. It almost felt like they were padding because they were trying to fix something. Oh yeah, it's it's Vincent Lowell at ringside. Just a little discussion of, of Diesel and Bam Bam. We get to recap and they show during commercial, which they could have showed this earlier when we came back from the from the, from the previous commercial break, but no, they show it here when Diesel and Bam Bam shake hands. To, to, to fully confirm Bigelow's face turn. They wait till now, after Montoya Phantom, when they could have showed us after the, the, the commercial that preceded Montoya Phantom, but whatever, it's not my show. And, and, and the weird part was it, was, it was this weird static hard camera shot for that the entire time. No cuts, no angles. It's like the opposite of a Kevin Dunn shoot. Weird. There was a spot in the Women's Rumble Sunday night where it was, it was like a punch fest, but there was like 26 camera cuts in like 10 seconds. <laughs> they love those fast cuts. And they and they always, like, they didn't at this point, but what's nice is that you, 
on wrestling today, because as as you say, Kevin Dunn loves like a billion camera cuts. Mm-hmm. Depending on which market you're in, I've looked into this and it's true. Depending on which market you're in, when you watch NXT, they don't have a picture in picture, mm-hmm. and you just get the the the, the hard cam mm-hmm. with no commentary whilst the break is on. And I've okay. seen this myself, and it was from the show from last week, and it was the main event. It was Balor versus O'Reilly, and it was just Balor and O'Reilly, no Balor and O'Reilly teaming up to face um, Brit Ambrose, and it was them guys fighting, scrapping it out with minimal to no camera cuts and no commentary, and it was quite refreshing. It felt very stripped sure. back. I'm sure it is. It just straightforward you don't have to almost have a seizure watching it it felt like i was watching an indie show i quite liked it it's so much simpler is better mm. as as we're learning at this point or simpler is not always better um lola reiterates to challenge the brett for in your house because brett's already, already got a match she wants to he's like now wrestle when you already have a match she had to wrestle twice and you know that's underhanded lawler Mm-hmm. We get Sid versus Razor next week, and as we fade away, this this, this guy off camera tries swatting Lawler's shoulder from the crowd. Lawler, 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 no cells, and that's our show. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrible. That was a bad episode of Raw. Wasn't it? <laughs> that was. There's no, there's no sugarcoating that. That was a, that was a rough episode. That mm-hmm. you were missing some of those key, decent wrestling players. Like, God, it says something when you miss Bob Ollie. Not just that, but who, who books a Raw taping, or who books a Saturday house show in Germany two days before a Raw taping, a Superstar taping, and a Challenge taping? At, at this particular time, it is very on-brand with how scattered this company is. Like, whenever you watch them put together live shows, you can tell that they're still finding the sides with it all, and they're still not figuring it out. And... There is that, and I and I guess this is a logistical nightmare that they didn't want to, for whatever reason, they didn't want to tape an extra week of Raw, and they didn't want to miss any dates of the Germany tour, so everyone just had to sort of grin and bear it, and they incorporated it. But this was a bad night. This was, a, I mean, I think even if, even if everybody had been on form, it wouldn't have still been a great show with the players involved. But Bigelow, mind you, Bigelow in there with Diesel. If Bigelow had been in there with somebody else on form, it might have been different. But I really wanted Bigelow and Diesel to have better chemistry. I really did. Well, let's be frank here. What got more work during these during the, during the, this week of tapings? The wrestlers' legs or their nostrils? <laughs> let's be I, honest here. I'd probably say their nostrils. <laughs> and knowing what we know about the wrestler lifestyle and what, and what we've learned through interviews and stories. I can imagine it was um, a very sniff heavy week. I think you need, I think that week they probably felt like they needed it. Mm. <laughs> you know, but Hey, hell. next week. Is it now you may know already. Is it any better? I haven't even looked at the card. I, I, I know Sid and Razor's on. Let me just glance at it real fast and, I will make an educated guess based on what I'm reading. I've got you history of WWE. Up I'm going to find one good thing in this show. That's good. Yeah, I, I found that it looks like. Oh, this show looks terrible. This show looks just absolutely Aww. bad. 
Oh, there may be a bait and switch involved here. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I like Bertha Faye's music this week, but they'll even take that from me in time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I won't, I, I won't, uh, just like, just like 16-year-old Tom who saw the beautiful brunette girl smile at him when he was working at Electronics Boutique. I won't fill my head with hope and optimism. I will simply <laughs> let it let it walk away and <laughs> go back to the doldrums. And I hope that you'll join Justin and I in said doldrums next week. Oh, so also drop us some tweets during the week as we are looking ahead to the future of this podcast. They with this, it's still going. We ain't going anywhere. Like this. Of course. Is, Jesus, if Cultaholic goes under, we're going to keep doing this, mate. We'll just sod it. Sod it. We'll bankroll it. We'll get, we'll get Tony Carter to buy it. Um, but it, Conrad. It, oh, Conrad will do it. He's, <laughs> he's getting out. Like Con, Conrad, mate. Conrad, you know you did that episode of Desert Island Graps? Yeah, we're mates, aren't we, Connie? <laughs> Connie boy. Connie, Connie. Give some... Chat, chat me up. Who the hell are you two? No, you know me, Connie. <laughs> mates. We did a Desert Island Graps. What's that? You remember. I've got it on tape. Um, Des- can we join your podcast, gang? <laughs> <laughs> can we join your podcast club? <laughs> Why not? Everybody else says. Yeah, we'd just like to, you know, we'll sit in the back and we'll be quiet. Kurt Angle's got one now. I know. That's a good little get. I'm very happy about that. That's uh, that's that's Brucey working on the inside, isn't it? So, so we should have added when we talk about Hunter and the Champaign, Illinois Junior High student running the business now. We also should mention the teenager from Alabama at this time, who, who, who probably had as thick of a beard then as he does now. <laughs> In terms, in terms of industrial dominance in 2021. That's true. He doesn't know what a podcast is yet, but he is probably selling somebody blue chip. <laughs> Halloween candy in Alabama. He's saving your money on your mortgage. It's like, hey, <laughs> I wish I could have a business where I could save people money on their mortgage <laughs> and talk about wrestling. <laughs> Gosh, damn it. If, if Conrad Thompson can can make his dream of saving people money on their mortgage and talking about wrestling come true, then damn it, we can do anything. And promoting wang pills. And what, doing it while selling pills to make your pecker harder, right? <laughs> God damn it, we can do anything. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, In the words but, of Kevin Garnett, anything's possible. But do chat us up over the week uh, about our plans for this whether or not you'd like it so whether you'd want a separate podcast whether you'd want to do one full fat one where we look at both uh, in in a similar time frame let us know chat us up on it and how'd you do that well he's at jrh writing on twitter i'm at tom campbell on twitter and <laughs> we are at cultaholic on twitter don't forget to join us <gasps> chat me up connie can you say everybody on my mortgage and give me a bigger penis Love you, bye! (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 